the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tim Jacobs is here today. Uh, you're running. You're you're running stuff about uh, uh, term limits in, right? Uh, we we've got a petition going, and we're almost to the finish line. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Well, with that, I, I have to ask you to leave. I, I can't serve <laughs> you here today on the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, that's I believe in civility. <laughs> How you doing, Tim? Oh, just wonderful. You're looking great, Dave. Yeah, you. It's good to have you back in. It seems like about every couple of years, you end up here talking term limits with me. Well, I'm doing less and less in this campaign, but I have agreed to talk on the radio, and it's a it's a cause that's close to my heart. And so many other people have done so much than i have this time but they're almost to the finish line petition wise and we just this is the last week we want to give the arkansas voters a chance to vote on an honest ballot title and see what they feel about term limits they've told us twice in two landslide elections that they favor strict term limits and we're going to see uh we're going to make that happen again and try to overturn the fraud that was 2014 now you might be really surprised at this but there's some people who don't like you oh i can't believe that <laughs> last night i and since they said quote me i can i can say this to you <laughs> i was talking with the state uh, senator uh, Alan Clark, and uh-huh. he is adamantly opposed to term limits. Well, and I, you know, I have friends that disagree with term limits, but nobody, but nobody can disagree with the way, th- or, or can agree with the way the legislature did this in 2014. Oh, no, I agree. I've, I've got friends that aren't necessarily with me on term limits. They think they should be longer. I've got some friends that don't even believe in term limits, but no one that is decent thinks that we should purposely fool voters and that's what happened in 2014 and uh, i just think the legislature as a whole owes the state of the, uh, the voters of this state an apology for what happened you put the longest amendment in arkansas history on the ballot you call it an ethics amendment and then you double your terms and triple your pay mm-hmm. uh, on page what 16 and page 22 yeah it was amazing how long that was and they said that they were going to institute term limits when term limits were already instituted. I mean, whenever I see an issue three now, <laughs> I get nervous because we had that one and then the following one had some of the same kind of problems. Well, the, the problem now that has come to our state with these amendments is that when the legislature puts an amendment on the ballot, they are not overseen by the attorney general. That's correct. We had to jump through hoops. We had to make sure that the, that it was clear language, that it was proper language, that the people of Arkansas would know what they were voting on. That doesn't have to happen. This would have never passed muster with the attorney general. This was terrible. It was deceptive, and it was deceptive on purpose, I think. Uh, we want to try to redo that. And just give the voters of Arkansas an honest ballot title, and let's see how they feel about real term limits. They've already told us twice, and not just two elections, but two landslide elections. Let's just put it on the ballot where the voters of Arkansas understand 
what they're voting on, and it's not hidden uh, away from the polls. Because, Dave, you might know this. A lot of people don't know. When they voted in 2014, there was no amendment there at the polls. All they had was the ballot title. How many words do you read in the ballot title? Because the word term limits in this ballot title was the 137th word and the 138th word. And then it said to establish term limits. Mm, It didn't say you were going to double them. That's what I said, to establish. And uh, that was so misleading. Well, that was a lie. I don't know any other word to use. uh, But... You know, we're not going to look back. We're going to look forward, and let's get this thing on the ballot. We right now are a, a, a few thousand signatures away to getting over the top here, and I want to encourage all your voters that, uh, all your listeners that that do vote and uh, agree with this, that that voters deserve an honest ballot title. Let's put this back on the ballot, and you can do that by getting a petition. And please call five zero one five nine zero. 8260, and you'll have a petition in your hands within 24 hours. Uh, there's 10 slots on the petition. Everybody knows 10 friends and family. Let's get it back, notarize it, get it back to us, and let's get this on the ballot. And let's, let's have a debate. If, if someone doesn't believe in term limits, we need to debate that. In 2014, when the legislature put the most deceptive amendment on the ballot that, that I'd ever read, there was no debate. There was no press conferences by them to explain the the most confusing amendment in history. There was no press releases. There was no ads. It was a campaign of silence, and they let that the misleading ballot title do their work for them. And I just don't think that's right. I think even people that don't believe uh, that believe differently on this issue can realize that deception has no place on the ballot in Arkansas. All right, so let's rewind the tape some because I got to get us back to where we were mm-hmm. to get us to where you'd like to see us go. Okay. All right. Uh before issue 3 mm-hmm. that happened in 2014, where you had been involved in uh getting term limits put into place here in the state of Arkansas. I helped with the petition drive That's in 1992, and, and even though we were a group of people that had no political experience, the issue was ripe. The issue was in the hearts of many Arkansas voters, and that was two terms. That's eight years in the Senate. That's and, 26 years ago, by the way. Right. Two terms, and the, and the sky didn't fall after we did it. You know, the, 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 the earth didn't open up and, and, and swallow Arkansas. We heard all the horror stories, and uh, but it was two terms for senators and three terms for reps, and then they could go get, you know, go to the constitutional officer if they wanted to. They'd go back to private, private life, whatever they wanted to do. But it was two terms for senators and three terms for representatives. Okay, now after they served their three terms in the House and did six years, mm-hmm. could they then run for Senate and do two terms in the Senate? Yes, they could. Okay, so they could do eight years then in the Senate if they so decide. Right, but realize there's a hundred rep seats and only thirty-five Senate seats, so they all couldn't do that. That's correct. So only, you know, less than half could could do that, even if it was possible. If it all lined up right. for them. Okay, right. so the bottom line is uh, a total of six in in the House and mm-hmm. a total of eight in the Senate. Years. Yes, right. All right. So and that's the way it was coming up to twenty fourteen. Correct. Right. All right. And then in 2014, when the quote, and I'm doing, if you can't see it on on Facebook, because I'm on (laughs) Facebook right now, air quotes, the establishment 
of issue three. The ethics the amendment. Ethics bill. The unethical yeah, ethics yeah, amendment. The, the ethics amendment. How, how did it change? Well, it went from, from six years in the House to 16 years in okay. the House. It went from eight years in the Senate to 16 years in the Senate. Now, it, 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 it's a 16-year limit, an overall legislative limit. But the two-year terms for the senators that, you know, that come through reapportionment aren't counted. So there actually could be 20 or 18 or 22. Mm-hmm. Some people have told me 24. I'm not sure if that's true, but but it, those two-year terms can, can add up, too, that aren't counted against that limit. So, in effect, I think what we've done is gone from six years in the Senate, or eight years in the Senate to 22 years. Okay. Uh, that's not a term limit. That's a generation. And it'd be different. I wouldn't be here today, Dave, if they put a term limit amendment on the ballot in 2014 and the voters of Arkansas said, yes, we do want longer terms for our legislature. Uh, You know, I wouldn't have liked it, but I wouldn't have fought against the voters' will. But that's not what happened. They had a campaign of silence. They had a misleading ballot title. They called it an ethics amendment, and they had ethics, 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 ethics that most of it didn't pan out, as Mm -hmm. you know. Yes. And then they hit term limits and they triple their pay raise in the amendment. It's just not it's just not the way we should, we need to do our government work around here. If we're going to pass legislation and if the people are going to ask for their opinion, they need to give be given proper information. Now, I know you were aware that that was hidden in the amendment oh, yeah. before the I before the vote. I was aware of that. But, you know, there's a lot of people that go to the polls and they're reading those ballot titles for the first time. And, I, you know, you, and I've heard every legislator blame Arkansas voters should have known that. Well, they expect an honest ballot title. You know, there's a lot of people who are just getting kids to bed at night. They're trying to do homework. They're trying to go to their second job. They expect an honest ballot title when they go to the polls. And that's what they did not get in 2014. So we're, that's all we're trying to do right now is let's give them that honest ballot title. And uh, they, they can make their decision in November. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about this some more. We'll talk about what Tim Jacobs and his organization would like to take it to. But they need your signatures to make that happen. Uh, they got, uh, you know, they, they need some more signatures. They need several thousand signatures, not multiple thousands, but they need several thousands. Uh, what's that phone number to call again? It's 590-8260, and that's 501-590-8260. If you'll call that number, we'll have a petition in your hands within 24 hours. And I encourage you, it's something everyone can do. This is uh, it, it's just a wonderful thing. We're one of 23 states that have has initiative and a referendum, thereby voters and citizens can put legislation on the ballot, can put amendments on the ballot, we need to take advantage of it. We need to get this back on the ballot so the fraud of 2014 does not stand. All right, we're going to come back here and, and talk about all of this here in just a moment. Let me remind you about Hortons and what Hortons is doing uh, over at their uh, facility. Uh, last uh, Wednesday, uh, I take that back, that's when I was there. Thursday, they began taking down about two-thirds of uh, the building that they were in. They are taking that building down that was built in the late 1800s and uh, going to take it all the way down, take the foundation out, re-put foundation in, 
and then on top of it, build a, uh, build a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. You're going to have a new gate room that they can work with you to make sure that your prosthetic fits right and is working correctly. A large new waiting room, a new mastectomy area just for mastectomy patients. Has a whole lot of privacy, comfort while you're being fitted. It's all because Hortons prides itself on taking care of its patients and their patient relationships that they have. They've gone from one location on 12th Street, which they're rebuilding now for the -the state-of-the-art facility, to six locations, Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Hortons Orthotics and Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. All right, so we wouldn't be in the position that we're in right now of having to try to change this. Uh, to be as clear as you can, Tim, and, and can you explain where this takes us back to? Well, it takes us back to two terms in the Senate and three terms in the House. In the, okay. In the in, it, in the legislature there are because of what happened and the fraud that was committed i i call it fraud in 2014 we do have to make a couple changes and 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 the first change is we anticipate that this might be victorious in november well at that same time you're going to have representatives on the ballot that are going to win their race that would have been term limited Okay, but so now we'll be grandfathered right, in we're for gonna what have it was. To, we're going to have to grandfather those in. Okay. So so if a representative li- uh, wins their race and the term limit wins as well, then those representatives are going to be able to serve that term. We had to make that provision because of the situation that we're in now. Uh, secondly, we never had an overall cap for the legislature. We weren't against it, but we don't, we've never had an overall cap. But they had a cap of 16 years, which could move further and further up if if things work out but we thought that cap was good so we put that cap at 10 years if eight years is good enough for the president of the united states is if it if it's good enough for the governor and the lieutenant governor and secretary of state and attorney general 10 years should be good enough for the the arkansas legislature but i think the third change is the best and that is this is a self-serving issue for legislators okay if they want to change term limits, they've tried twice now and were successful once. If they want to change term limits again, if this wins and they want to change term limits again, they're going to have to go in front of Walmart and get signatures for it, just like a citizen initiative. They are not going to be able to do this with a voice vote on the House floor or the Senate floor and and try to trick everybody again. And take it through the Secretary of State. That's exactly there. right. And they're going to have to have a ballot title that matches the amendment and that is fair to the voters of this state because it's that's the whole point of it voters need to make that decision and they make it they need to make it informed and they can't be informed if they've been purposely misled well and i would agree with that i i can remember when that was okayed and put on to the ballot number one and i remember talking to one of the supreme court justices that serve right now I won't say who it was. And I, I said, you know, there were more than there was more than one thing in that particular uh, uh, ballot initiative. There were, you know, you had ethics, you had pay increase, you had new cha- changes to how long somebody could be on term limits, things of that nature. I said, 
I should have gotten a lawyer and just challenged that. And that uh, Supreme Court said, uh, Justice said to me, you probably would have won. We didn't know that. We didn't have $25,000 to do that. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. I understand what you're saying. And that's what I'm, that, that, that's the point that I'm trying to make. It was, I don't understand how the Supreme Court can sit back and not do something when they know that there's an injustice being done. Well, if nobody brings the court case, I, I can understand they can't rule on something that's not brought to them. But, but the legislature knows why they did it. John Woods did this. Now, he's four term limits now. <laughs> it's not legislative terms that he's, yeah, yeah. he's interested in but yeah he it, wants uh, he wants to be able to it, get out after. but he was proud of this amendment <laughs> because he did think it tricked everybody and he did think it it uh, deceived most voters and they were going to get their way on term limits by hiding it on page 16 of an uh, uh, of a you know another amendment that had to deal with ethics so uh, they know what they were doing and uh, i think every legislator should have stood up and said listen arkansas voters this is what's coming at you and this is uh this is an explanation of what you need to know before you vote on this but we heard nothing like that well he got out pretty doggone quick pdq um, after that passed. Right, because he knew what was coming down. Now, he probably wouldn't have gotten reelected, to be honest with you, but and now he will never be reelected again or elected to, any, to even dog catcher. Well, we uh, just keep uh, our prayers for his family and hope uh, yes. that, that works out a little bit better than it, than it is. Yeah, I do hope that. Okay, so three terms now in the House and then two terms in the Senate. Right. Except for... Because the way it is, it, there's going to be a transitional period here where you have from uh, issue three, the change that's happening in this election coming in November. So we just got to kind of shuffle this around until it well, all you know clears out. That's exactly right. We're going to have to, if, if voters have voted for a candidate, that candidate's going to have to be able to serve. That's just, I, I just think that's only fair. So we have, well, yeah. had, we have had to modify it a bit. You know, that's called living by the rules at that point, the thing that we we want to do. Yeah, right. You know, rule of law, that's something that we'd like to see happen. But I, I, we also, if anybody is driving through Maumelle now, we have a petitioner at a location. If, if Okay, you yeah, go ahead. At American Tiger and Firearms at 9207 Maumelle Boulevard, they have petitioners there right now. If you're driving in Maumelle, go to 9207 Maumelle Boulevard, and you can sign that petition, and please take a blank one with you, get it filled out, notarized, and send it back to us pronto. The last day of this uh campaign is really on the 2nd of july wow two weeks all right third of july and we've got to turn in on the 6th so we need july 4th to count and and all that so that's like a week from tomorrow that's exactly right so we have got to get these signatures now we've got to get anybody who has not signed the petition please call this number 501-590-8260 and let's restore real term limits to this state all right, got a question, 823 Tim Jacobs with us through the next half hour as well. Uh, if you got friends, tell them to go to uh, facebooklive.com, Dave Ellswick Show, and watch the rest of the show today. 
Don't forget about uh, PI Roofing. PI Roofing will fix your roof for you. You've known that now for the 14-odd years I've been talking about them, but they now have a group of men and women who work for them, and they'll take care of all of the problems getting water into your house cause, like screwed-up drywall or uh, interior painting that needs to be done, insulation that needs to be replaced, ventilation that needs to be cleaned, maybe some exterior painting and carpentry work that needs to be done. Typically, you had to go out and find a contractor for every one of those jobs. Not anymore. The folks at PI Roofing to take care of every one of them for you by you just calling one number, 501 687 6246 or visit them online at piroofing.com or just google them at pi roofing the news is next and then i'm back with tim when we return you know if you're thinking about claiming your social security benefits you might want to stop just for a moment and think because you could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars and here's where i want to suggest something to me uh to you not to me to you Uh, The decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes. It can double your Medicare premiums. And you could avoid this by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class on Friday, July the 13th. Now, we're closing in on that date. We're not that far away, a couple of weeks away. And it's hosted by David Lucas from the David Lucas Show right here on 101.1 The Answer. The workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration is just 18 bucks. It includes a 34-page workbook maximizing your Social Security benefits. Seating is going to be very limited. I would say no more than 35 to 40 people. So you need to call today, 501-653-6690, 501-653-6690, or visit David Lucas Financial. Dot com. Remember, again, that's the Maximizing Your Social Security Benefits Workbook. Uh, $18 is all it costs, and the number to call is 501-653-6690. Do it today because when the seats are taken, it's done, uh, and there won't be another one until uh, in the fall. Uh, David's doing fewer of these this year than he did in the previous years, and those always sold out. All right, Tim Jip, uh, Jacobs is here. We're talking about term limits. I can't believe we're talking about this again, to be honest with you. He's been fighting this battle, uh, if you heard in the last half hour, since 1992. For you who may not remember, that is Bush the elder leaving and Clinton the younger coming in, all right, into the White House. That's how long this this battle has been going on. Uh, They thought they had won it twice at the polls, they've won it. And then uh, a state uh, uh, House member, and was Saban in the House or the Senate? House. Both, uh, both of them were House members. And uh, between the uh, state senators and state uh, uh, House members, they voted to put it on the ballot. Uh, the Secretary of State agreed to it. Got it, got it on yeah, the ballot. I, I don't think the, got passed. I don't think the Secretary of State has oversight. And I, I think that the when the legislature put something on the ballot, and this was the uh, oh, famous, it's, it's just straight on. That's then? right. Okay, it's, I thought it's that the, the famous Secretary unethical State okay. ethics amendment. Yeah, I thought I thought the Secretary of State overlooked that they took it out of the hands of the AG and put it in the Secretary of State's hands, which always 
didn't make any sense to me, but when it comes to state legislatures, I've learned that not everything's <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> well, what needs to happen, if you're going to have an amendment on the ballot, everybody needs to be on an even playing field. and that We, we need to submit it to the Attorney General, and the Attorney General needs to, to rule on it. Uh, but, but we can't write our own ballot titles. Citizens can't. The legislature shouldn't be able to as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. But if you need, if, if you want term limits to be restored in this state, and I'm talking about real term limits, the term limits that we had for 25 years that, that worked well, we need to get signatures on petitions right now so we can turn them in in about a week and a half. And to do that, you've got to get a petition in your hands. And if you want a petition, call 501-590-8260 or text 590-8260, and we will have a petition in your hands in 24 hours. All right. Last night, I had a long, I do mean long, dissertation back and forth with state senator alan clark Mm -hmm. he told me to quote him to you okay that this particular petition was deceptive and was lying he said that on your all's website it says that uh we now have the worst uh term limits in the nation or something like that he says that from his uh, study we have the fifth toughest term limits in in the nation any validity to what he's saying i have no idea what he's talking about the fifth largest we have the of any state that has any state that has term limits we have the most lax and the reason is is because we let the legislature pick the terms and that doesn't need to happen the people of this state have said in two landslide elections that we want eight years for senators eight years so what they have now, whether it's 26, 24, 22, 20, 18, 16, that, that's way out of whack. That's way out of whack. And what needs to happen is the people of this state need to make that decision with an honest ballot title at the polls. And if you want that to happen, we've got to get signatures on the, on the petition now. Now, I saw something on his Facebook today that I don't know exactly what he was referring to, but he was saying if you want the battle on DHS and families being taken away from children being taken away from Arkansas families to keep that battle going, uh, that don't don't pass a bill uh, of uh, that will will set into effect these types of of uh, term limits because if that happens, then that battle will end effectively once that passes well I, I certainly don't believe that i do respect a lot of his work on dhs uh and that needs to happen but you know i know alan i've met him a couple of times he seems like a nice guy i can't believe that he wouldn't help any legislature do that work you know whether he's a private citizen whether he's you know a, a lobbyist whether he's a fellow legislator he's still going to to help that we all need to help that effort DHS is broken in our state, and we need to fix it. But we don't need to keep people in there forever to, to be able to fix that. That's that's kind of a ridiculous argument. I, I just told him I would ask. I respectfully disagree. Dave. Right, How about I that? figured that you probably would. <laughs> and if we, if you all are, are successful in getting this onto the ballot in November, 
I bet you I can have him come in and sit with you, and you all can debate on the air about it. You know, that I would relish that because that's what we missed in 2014. They had a com- campaign of silence in 2014. They passed this, put it on, hit it into the amendment, and never had a press conference. They never had a press release. They never had any ads. Nobody knew what they were doing, or most people didn't know what they were doing. And that doesn't, that's not the way things need to work here. So I relish that debate. That's what we had in 2004. They said there should be longer terms, and we thought they should be the same terms that the Arkansas voter had already done. And we had that debate in 2004. I think it was a healthy debate. And what happened? We won 70% of the vote for real term limits. In fact, Every single county in this state said no to the legislature, 75 out of 75 counties. If that's not a landslide, I don't know what is. What about, like, for instance, State Senator Jason Rayford, who says, look, I'm up uh, on term limits every four years, and the voter determines on whether I stay in or I come out. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that argument? Well, I have a few things to say. What do you think about the presidential term limit? Do you think that's worked well for us? I know people of every stripe, every party, every denomination. Everybody knows that that's been a wonderful term limit for president. Doesn't matter what party you're in. We've only given them eight years. Uh, also, if he trusts the voters that much, let's trust the voters on term limits. That's who said that he only should have eight years, the voters of his state. And my guess is that he didn't win every district in his in his every precinct in his district. We want every county. And I'm, when I say we, it was strict term limits. We want every county in 2004. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to trust the voters on your vote, you need to trust the voters on term limits, too. You can't have it one way and not the other. All right. And I promise this. If this if they get the, uh, the necessary signatures, we will have open debate on this show about term limits. Won't that be refreshing to have an open debate I mean, Tim, about an issue? you know me issue? well enough. You know that I'm all about that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. But that's what we didn't have. Where were the where were the legislators in 2014 when they put this unethical ethics amendment on the ballot? Did they rush? Were they calling you trying to get on the air talking about it all the time? Never, never. I asked people to come on and nobody came on. It was a campaign of silence, and and it can't be that way. That's not healthy. That's not a that's not a, a strong republic. Have that's you, not a strong democracy. Talked, and I won't ask if who it was, but did, did you talk to any state senators or state house members? about that yes i did and what did they say to you why were they quiet well one of them told uh, and this was in faulkner county and, and i didn't hear it but i hear from reliable sources they said if we would have put it on the ballot the way you wanted it to it wouldn't have passed so we couldn't have done that <laughs> imagine that we had to hide it from the voters or it wouldn't have passed and i i, I have friends in the legislature i'm not one of these throw the bums out guys I, I'm really not. I have friends in the legislature. I've had friends that were former legislators. Right. This isn't because I'm out to get anybody or, or people in term limits organizations are out to get anybody. This is a bipartisan, nonpartisan issue. This is because term limits are healthy for a democracy. You know, with term limits, you have more open seat elections, which gives us more choices at the polls. Never before term limits had we had more than 50% of the legislative races even have an opponent in November. Well, when you don't have an opponent, what, what, what choice is that? 
this is healthy for democracy. A, a substantial turnover is just – it's a wonderful thing. It's a healthy thing. It's a reasonable thing. And government in this country, unlike a lot of countries, needs to be a shared responsibility. And so that's why I love this issue. And I think one of the reasons I like the issue, it's a nonpartisan issue. You know, people fight all the time about different things and, and, and more power to them if they believe in it. But this is something that the bulk of the, of the voters in our state have already made a decision on. They want. They've said they want it. They didn't just whisper term limits in 2004. They roared term limits. And we need to listen to them. I, I, my message to the legislature is respect the vote and respect the voters. All right. You said that you had some people standing by in Maumelle. Where are they at again? They are at American Tiger Firearms at 9207 Maumelle Boulevard. You can go there until 6 o'clock tonight and sign that petition. Please sign it. Take a, a new petition sheet, though. It's only got 10 slots. You've got 10 friends and family that you can get uh, signed up notarize it and get it into us we need not just eighty-four thousand signatures we need to go way over that because the powers that be hate this amendment Mm -hmm. they don't want to leave every lobbyist organization maybe save one will be working against us here and uh they lobbyists hate term limits and uh for good reason it makes their job a little bit harder and they can't count on that long-term incumbent for power all right let's take a last break and then come back and For you who just joined us, I'm going to repeat some of the uh, previous information so that you'll have it, so that you can get yourself a copy of this uh, uh, petition and and get it signed and get it in uh, and try to make it onto the ballot. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Tim Jacobs is our guest. Term limits is what we're talking about right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, down to the uh, last few moments here of uh, this first hour. It's gone quick. Tim Jacobs is here. It's so funny. I I have Tim in from time to time, and it always seems it's always about term limits. Uh, Larry is in Little Rock, wants to join us. Larry, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show and your question, sir. Okay, good afternoon. I'm not sure if I missed this or not. I got distracted by a phone call, so I'm going to ask this. On the term limit deal, of course, they always say, well, we have term limits every time the voters go to the booth. Mm -hmm. But I would argue that there's so much money out there for certain ones that it's hard to vote them out when they, quote, unquote, have bought themselves in. And I want that's why I'm all for that. That's another reason why I'm all for term limits, so that someone can't pay their way in, in other words. Now, am I right or wrong on that? Larry, Larry, you're right. And the, the reason is that a lot of times challengers are discouraged from running because of the enormous money by incumbents that have been there a long time. The, a lot of people own favors. And I think that's just another reason that healthy turnover is good for our republic and good for our democracy. Thank you very much. I agree. All right. We appreciate your call. Thanks, Larry. Uh, 8230965 is our local number. 8230965 if you'd like to ask Tim a, a question while he's still here uh, because once he leaves here today, he'll not be back until they either have enough signatures or they don't because he is going to be, as the old World War II saying goes, balls to the wall. 
uh, doing what he's got to do. And it's not those balls, all right? You go read up on what that means. Anyway, let me turn to you again, Tim, and, and give him the rundown of how to get a, a you know a, a form or how to go place over here in, in Maumelle. Are, are there some other areas that are going to be over the next few days? Sure, that's that's true. Listen, if you've never been involved in anything political before, if you've not been involved in a campaign before, we need your help. This is a nonpartisan issue. We're trying to get this amendment to the ballot. We're not voting for it, yes or no, right now. We're just trying to get it to the ballot. But we need 84,000 signatures to do that. If you haven't signed the petition to get this on the ballot for Arkansas voters, please do so. You can go to American Tiger Firearms right now at 9207 Maumel Boulevard, Maumel. You can call our number 590-8260, and we will have a petition to you within 24 hours. You can go to our website, ArkansasTermLimits.org. You can download the petition there. We need your help. This is vital that we do not let the fraud of 2014 stand. We've got to give the voters of Arkansas a fair shake. They deserve it. We owe it to them. And I really thank you, Dave, for having me on. Oh, you know that I'd always have you on to bring up uh, the information for people to make up their mind about this. Because that's what it comes down to. It's up to the voters. Sure I mean, uh, if you're for term limits, you'll get out and sign the petition. If you're for term limits, you'll get out and pick up not one but several pages and get out and get them filled and get them turned in. I mean, that's how it happens. It happened that way back in what 2002 2003 when we did the the food acts of food, food tax i remember you that, know yeah. when we did that you've been uh, you helped with that you helped uh, of course with term limits and 92 it amazes me you are here 26 years later <laughs> fighting the same battle over again that's I'm, amazing i'm to a me. little heavier a little grayer and the only reason we're fighting this battle is because the legislature has refused to accept the will of the voters think about that the representatives that are supposed to be representing us have refused to follow our will. That has to change in this state. We need to get this back on the ballot so people can vote for real term limits. It's healthy. It's good. It's reasonable. All right. So we're down to just a few moments left. We can, I can move away from term limits for just a moment. We can just talk a little bit of politics. Uh, were you amazed in the primary election that happened here just a few uh, weeks back that the turnout was so small i i think they're they're it's always smaller in in primaries it was noticeably small and i don't know why that was maybe because you know we've switched dates back and forth yeah because of the presidential uh election where we moved it Two up to march ago. 1st uh, maybe people didn't know where we were going to have it and there weren't weren't that many competitive races either how about the the whole thing about quote the blue wave that was supposedly the tsunami and, and i'm not making that up i mean that's the word that i was hearing all across america you know this huge blue wave that was going to flow across this country and democrats are not turning out in the numbers that they thought they would turn out in uh to fight against to resist uh president trump at all well i I just think that there's more people that identify as independents now than ever before in our history. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if there's ever going to be a blue wave or a, a real big red wave again. Um, 
I just think that people are, are a little bit more independent. I wouldn't count on any wave like that happening. And you know how politics is. They ch- it changes week from week to week. Oh, yeah. And uh, our president has certainly uh, can, can drum up some emotion, both, both pro and con. And his opposition does, too. And I think a lot of people are turned off by the, the rhetoric is just – it's gotten kind of ridiculous. Doesn't it get kind of cr- – it's really gotten crazy when restaurants – ask you to leave because you believe in a particular political party like uh, what happened to you know the the, the press secretary that's just sad and and but you know the market will take care of that oh yeah i agree with that very swiftly so uh yeah i just don't think you know i've got great friends that voted for hillary clinton i got great friends that voted for donald trump and 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 they're they're both good people you know, all of them are good people, and I don't think we need to uh, just alienate everybody because they differ a little bit politically. And that's what thing here. I I think it'd be great to have a debate about term limits, and I, we just want to get this on the ballot so the voters of Arkansas have the right to have their say. Well, when the day comes, you be sure to call us and let us know if you've got the signatures to make it to the ballot. If so, we'll have you in, and I'll guarantee you we'll have those debates. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to it. All Thanks right. so much, Thanks, Dave. Tim. We appreciate you coming on. So, Dave Ellswick Show, we've got uh, news coming up top of the hour. When we come back after the news, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this craziness that's going on out in, in our uh, country. I do want to talk about the hypocrisy of the left. The left says, if you're a baker, you must bake a cake uh, for a gay couple. But... The left also says if you own a restaurant and you don't want to serve the uh, the press secretary of the United States, you don't have to serve her. Uh, do you understand the stupidity of what you just said? Probably not. We'll talk about it when we come back. With uh, the folks from Conduit for Action about that, uh, as well as uh, the whole illegal immigration uh, story that has been unfolding over the last few days, here in uh, the United States, and I want to talk some this hour uh, about uh, the way people have been reacting uh, in our country. I I thought I had seen the epitome of hateful rhetoric and, and craziness back in the I don't know sixty six seven eight nine. 70, maybe 71, uh, when I was uh, in high school, moving into college. I mean, the United States was literally fraying. The fabric of the country was fraying. And uh, we pulled ourselves, I believe, back from the brink. Now we're very much doing the exact same things again. Uh and this time I'm watching people like Maxine Walters, uh, Waters uh, turn, turn around and say, you know, uh, we should have almost like vigilante justice uh, out and about across America. We should have mob. We're going to have if we don't watch ourselves, these people don't watch themselves like, uh, you know, Waters and some others. We're going to have some mob violence. I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's going to happen. 
I mean, I mean, she literally did everything but call out the mobs to go out and to, um, you know, go after people who are involved in the uh, the Trump administration. I mean, she she called out the dogs uh, on these people. There, there's no doubt about it. There's no there's no other way of 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 saying it. I mean, uh, I mean, this is a woman who has been praising violence for a long, long time. Take a look. Uh, there's stories all over the place about her today. This is out of political. Uh, when you're violent and cursing and screaming and blocking me from walking into a movie, there's something wrong, said one top GOP official. Two senior Trump administration officials heckled at restaurants. Third, denied service. Florida GOP Attorney General Pam Bondi required a police escort away from a movie theater uh, about Mr. Rogers after activists yelled at her in Tampa where two other Republican lawmakers say they were also politically harassed last week, one of them with her kids in tow. In the Trump uh, era... The left is as aggressively confrontational as anyone can remember. What it means for 2018, whether it portends a blue wave of populist revolt, which I do not believe that it's going to mean, uh, or is it going to be a red wall of silent majority resistance from Republicans? Many times depends on what your political persuasion in, uh, is, but there's a Bipartisan sense that this election season marks another inflection point in the collapse of civil political discourse. Few disagree that Democrats are marching, protesting, and confronting Republican officials with more intensity during the midterm elections than at any other time in decades. The progressive fervor recalls conservative opposition to the previous president in his first midterm uh, when Democratic members of Congress were left running from disruptive town halls and ended up being crushed at the polls in November. But I don't see that happening because you looked at the poll numbers at that time and you could see it coming. You don't see that coming now at all. President Trump's numbers are going up. Poll numbers are showing that Americans are behind the wall that Americans are uh, saying enough on illegal immigration. Uh, Americans are happy with the way the president is is taking care of the economy. It's, uh, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this really, uh, uh, plays out did you say that we had that sound all right i i got a poll from cnbc not a bastion of conservatism as i like to to mention here on the dave ellswick show and listen to what this finds you would think as you watch the mainstream media that the only thing that americans are thinking about is what is going on on our borders about children and their parents and how 
uh, the left is going absolutely ape that uh, children are being taken away from their parents, not any longer, but we're being taken away from their their parents who have come across the border illegally. Doesn't matter that this has been the way it's been running since 1997. Did not matter. It, since, it, since Trump is president, it's all Trump's fault. Since Trump is president, it just started under Trump. If you believe that, you need to do some historical reading and understand that the immigration system in our country has been broken for many, many moons now. And it continues to be broken because one side decides that they think now that they have a political uh, uh, issue that they can run on. And so that's what they're trying to do. The Russia thing has fallen apart. You're not hearing much about that anymore. If you notice that, you're not hearing much about it. And the reason you're not hearing much about it, there was nothing there in the first place. So now it's run out of gas. So what do the Democrats need? They need another issue. So what issue do they they pick? The one that they themselves have put into play by the way that they have run the immigration system in this country, but they're trying to, to take and point it, point the finger at Trump. And when you point the finger at somebody, always remember three fingers many times are pointing back at you. And in this case with Schumer, Schumer wrote the first uh, immigration uh, proposal back in about 86, 87 when Reagan was uh, was president and he went along with amnesty and then the Democrats screwed him because they told him that they would take care of the border security and they didn't. Said it was the, he said it was the worst bill he ever signed because he believed Tip O'Neill and he believed little Chucky Schumer when he was a congressman from New York. Fast forward to today and you've got little Chucky Schumer who's a little bit bigger now because he's a senator from New York and he's still playing this game about immigration reform that never gets done. Earlier in the year, the president said, look, let's do DACA. We can do it right like uh, this and let these these people uh, come into the country and they can get their citizenship. It'll take them a, a few years to do it, but they can do it. And the Democrats said we're not interested because they had a political a political uh, uh, issue that they wanted to run and they continue to run it now. So they're running this whole thing about uh, the kids being separated from their parents. Trump's putting them in cages, didn't put them in cages. The pictures they had were from the Obama administration. So what does CNBC found? Well, they went in and did a poll, and here's what it found. Yeah, we've been doing this for 10 years, so I think what we say now is, I know, it's right, it's a long time, like my kid graduating. Congratulations, Johnny. (laughs) A booming economy helping President Trump's approval record on the economy and, to a limited extent, his overall approval record for his presidency. For the first time in the Trump presidency, the CNBC All-America Economic Survey finds 
More than half of the public, 51% to be exact, supports his handling of the economy. That is up six points from our prior survey in March. His overall approval rating rising just two points and stands at 41% with a disapproval of 47%, but that is down 10 points, that 47%. So fewer people disapprove of his handling of the presidency. Trump's net negative rating, that's approval minus disapproval, the lowest we've recorded yet. The surge in Trump's approval on the economy comes with some Democratic support, in fact, and it's the highest by far of his presidency. You can see right there that surge to 51 percent and the decline in disapproval on the economy to 36 percent. We did not find any obvious impact on the president's overall approval rating from the controversy over separating migrant children from their parents. Here's what we did. We looked at the data from last Saturday and Sunday. We combined it, compared it to Monday and Tuesday when the story was more prominent. We found no difference in his overall approval rating. Our pollsters suggest that's because everybody is simply locked in in what they feel about the president. Now, President Trump's immigration policies remain the worst polling issue for him. But it's not dramatically changed from last year. 42% approved, 52% disapproved. But it's not much different from last June, you can see right there, within the margin of error, three and a half percent of the poll. If they support the president's policies of regulatory trade deals, yes, they do. Fifty-two percent approve and just 30 percent disapprove. So he has strong support there. I will add, they disapprove of his tariffs and taxes on imported goods. We conducted the poll June 16th and 19th. 800 Americans polled across the country. Margin of error, three and a half percent. We found record economic optimism among the public. Uh, in the 10 years we've been doing this. For the first time, these are small numbers, but maybe significant. For the first time, those rating the economy excellent at 13% outstrip those who think it's poor at 11%. It was always below, and we have record high economic optimism across the board. <laughs> Russ, what have I been preaching ever since Trump became president? As the economy got better, what would happen? Come on, jump on in. I just want you to validate what I've been saying. Jobs would increase. As people started getting better jobs, started making more money, they'd start liking this president a whole lot more. Yep. And that's exactly what's happening. Let me just tell you what. There is a lot of similarities between this president and Ronald Reagan. They hated Ronald Reagan when he first won. They fought against Ronald Reagan when he first won. But as Ronald no Reagan had got the economy going, guess what? They began to love Ronald Reagan. And we still look back on Ronald Reagan's time in offices. Great times in America. Same thing's going to happen with this president. And this whole thing about they think they get these kids are going to be the, the issue that they can use to drive a wedge between the American public and Trump. It ain't going to happen. This blue wave that they're waiting on, you'll be waiting until a blue Sunday sometime it to come in because it ain't coming it ain't going to happen just not going to be a lot of weeping and gnashing i do believe in november and it ain't going to be republicans doing the weeping and gnashing gnashing it's going to be democrats democrats their party they're going to destroy their party if they keep it up between bernie sanders and and waters and and uh, pocahontas and and all the rest of them i'm just telling you they act like a bunch of crazy people absolutely crazy people if, and I, ha- I have to say if, because there's still a long time between now and 2020, if, if Trump wins re-election, it could be the end of the Democrat Party. Could be the end of them. There'll be still some loons out there who are holding on. 
Well, they'll become no. I'm just saying they may rename themselves, the, you know, Democratic Socialist Party or something. They might as well already do that now. That's the way they're acting. So um, I will give credit where credit is due to some of the uh, leadership now of the Democrats saying the stuff that Maxine Waters is saying needs to stop. This whole mob yeah, that violence stuff, that's got to stop. A, a riot or a civil war one yeah. or the other. Yeah, she's, she's looking to start a riot. She really, she really is, and yeah, and she's going to get her, she's going to get her way uh, with the with the rhetoric that she's using. I, I I will repeat something I heard from somebody else today uh, was a shooting at a ballpark not enough. I'm just saying, wasn't that enough for some of these people? It is not. All right, we need to get a break in here on the Dave Ellswick show. Let me remind you about Holland Bottom Farm. I went over Saturday. I was on my way back from the car and truck uh, doctor show here at the radio station. I thought, man, I got to stop and get some fresh stuff, man. So I picked up uh, some of the purple tomatoes. You know, they got the purple tomatoes there. Picked up some of them. Picked up uh, some regular tomatoes. And they had cantaloupe, uh, three for five bucks. And I'm telling you, I wish I had a picture of the cantaloupe. Uh it was huge. It was the size of a soccer soccer ball. They were big, real big. I bought three of them. Uh, I, I, I got one and had it cut up and uh, for Sunday dinner. And we had uh, cantaloupe and uh, chicken wings, had some uh, pasta salad, had some uh, dips and things of that nature, had some pizza rolls as well to, to hold everybody over while the, while the wings were cooking. And... That cantaloupe was so good. It was perfectly ripe. It was juicy. It was really, really good. And you can get one of them just like I had three of them. You can get one for yourself or three for yourself or six if you'd like. All you got to do is go out 321 and cab it, get over the uh, viaduct there, the bridge, and on the right-hand side, you'll find Holland Bottom Farms. They also have squash, zucchini, eggplant, cucumbers bell banana and jalapeno peppers plus they're picking tomatoes the tomatoes were really good i cut a couple of those up you know i i like to get my tomatoes cold in the refrigerator i slice them put them on a plate put a nice big dollop of mayo on there and dip them in the mayo as i eat them dude it's just so good it's really good and uh, they got fresh blueberries as well they had blackberries there when i was there on saturday also fresh from the farm to your table eat the best produce and veggies from holland bottom farm all right we've got news coming your way here in just a few moments here on the dave ellswick show 8230964 is our local number pardon me 0965 8230965 uh the number here and uh, like you to get involved here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, I'd like to hear what you think about the hypocrisy of the left. And you can only call it hypocrisy when just a few months ago you were screaming, hollering, jumping up and down and making absolute fools of yourselves Uh saying that a baker must bake a cake for a gay couple's wedding. And then, over this weekend, 
have uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders being told that she cannot be served with her group of friends at a Red Hen restaurant. Uh, that was the name of the restaurant, not the chain. And because they didn't like her or her policies and then cheer it. And then the left cheers it and says that the, the lady had every right in the world to do it. You either do or you don't. You either can or you can't. And uh, But according to the left, you can do one and do the other. It just You need to be just politically on the, the right side all the time. I say, as I've always said, that if you're the owner of a business, you have the right to serve whomever you want whenever you want and there should be no uh governmental interference with that at all or uh, and to tell you right or wrong vote with your pocketbook that's what i would suggest if you're a person that goes to that restaurant don't go to it anymore if that's the way they want to do things we'll talk more when we come back all right so um let me just go over this thing that happened over the weekend where uh Sanders was at a restaurant with her party. They're having dinner. Wilkerson, who is the owner, uh, said the chef at the Red Hen called me around 8 p.m. to report Sanders had arrived at the small farm-to-table restaurant. Wilkerson arrived, saw Sanders and company dining on a cheese board. She halted the workers in the kitchen who were preparing the party's main course to ask them how they felt. This is weird. This, that's just weird. Now, I have to say that where this restaurant is at is in a tiny little blue area that voted for Hillary Clinton or, I don't know, Bernie Sanders or somebody else. I have no idea. Who didn't vote for Trump. They're, quote, solidly, I guess you would have to say, Democrat. So they, they, the owner, though, now this is, you know, the owner. The staff is predominantly gay. Well, yeah, I, I was going to get to that. Okay. I don't know if the owner is gay. That is never brought up uh, in the story, just so you'll know. It's never brought up in the story. Uh, she asked them how they felt. Some of the restaurant workers identify as gay, while others prefer to remain non-political in the workspace. So, in other words, some of them, uh, you know, political, some of them aren't. Wilkerson said she bore in mind the Trump administration's agenda to ban transgender people from entering the military and his zero-tolerance policy that separated migrant families at the border in taking her poll. She added that Lexington is a small blue town that voted against Trump. After the staff voted to have the press secretary leave, Wilkerson approached her table. Now, the question here is, we don't know how the vote went. Was it overwhelmingly that she be asked to leave was it 
you know, uh, I don't know how big the staff is. Let's say there's seven people and four of them voted for. Yeah, what was it? You know, we don't have that. Uh, Wilkerson made sure that everybody understood that uh, her workers, many of her workers identify as gay. Then she said, well, some of my other workers are non-political. This is, this, if, I'm surprised, number one, that this woman's running a, a restaurant that's succeeding if she's not making the decisions to serve people at her restaurant. Well, and to her credit, uh, I suppose she made it. I I don't know if she paid these workers the next night, but they closed the doors on Saturday. And if I know restaurant business fairly well, workers deal a lot on tips. Oh, yeah. And if they didn't get tips on Saturday night, which is usually a A big big night, Fridays and Saturdays are your really big nights in most restaurants if they weren't there to work on saturday night because she closed the doors well they didn't get paid on saturday night so it may have been a i i I don't want to say it was a tit for tat with the with her staff you know she the the, i'll be honest with you uh the way i read the way i heard it before this dave was that sarah was told get your party get out of my restaurant no, the lady came to him and said, look, we've got a problem. My staff doesn't want to wait on you, and I apologize, but she bumbled her way through talking to Sarah about it outside of the party and outside of the restaurant. This all after Kirsten Nielsen's run-in with protesters at the restaurant she was at the other night. So Sarah then is congenially asked – to please leave and they offered to pay for what they had ordered the entrees that they had ordered and they were told not necessary and they were they went on their way so now that this lady is out any possible amount of food that she's already cooked entrees for these people she shuts down the following night and tells her workers too bad, so sad. You made up your decision. Lie in the bed that you made. Well, I don't know if that's exactly what she said. Uh, let's see if she opens her doors again. Let's see how long her restaurant continues. That's I mean, what's going I to be interesting. Believe that that this lady, you know, she gave her staff the option because they why? actually called her. Out why? Why would the- you? Here's my question: You own the frickin' restaurant. You make the decision and you tell them, I Work. don't care what you think, you go in there and you, and you serve, serve the customer face and make this restaurant the five-star that it's supposed That's to be. That's exactly right. That's not what she did, which makes me wonder how long she'll stay open now. I'm just saying, I think she made a really bad, bad mistake. You know that the uh, Chamber of Commerce has removed her from the board. They asked her. Know that. They asked her to uh, resign. Yes, they did. And uh, it was, it's it's just foolishness. It's absolute foolishness. And but it's the hypocrisy of the left that drives me crazy, Russ. We've talked about this a lot. Where you have the left say a baker must bake a cake for a gay couple. Now, but, let's go back to let's go back and visit that. Sure. Okay? 
dude has absolutely no problems baking a cake. A cake. That's for correct. Gay people. I agree. His issue was with decorating it to celebrate to a, gay a gay wedding. wedding. That's correct. He didn't have a problem at all baking the cake for for a gay customer. Yeah. And you do know that the gay couple called around to find the bakery that wouldn't decorate a cake for them. Of course. And that's where they went. But here was the key on that. The left was all up in arms about it. They were all up in arms about the florists out in Washington State. They were all up in arms about the other uh, bakers out in Oregon that wouldn't serve. Uh, they, and, and in other places, I mean, the, the uh, what was it, uh, the farm to market uh, uh, farmer up in Michigan that was told he couldn't be part of the farmer's market uh, because he wouldn't allow a gay wedding on his premises uh, by a gay couple. He wouldn't let them do a gay wedding there. I mean, this is how the, the, the left reacts when somebody from uh, the right says someone can't be served. Guess However, what, when somebody on their side does it, it's no big deal. We we fight with our pocketbook. Y'all can fight with your pocketbook. Don't yeah. take us to court over it because of our principles. But just you don't want to. You don't like it. Just don't go there. That's what. Isn't that what I've always said? Just vote with your pocketbook. See, I this this goes further than just this. This is when I got into the big argument when Governor Huckabee wanted to say restaurants had to bad ban smoking. And I said, you don't have to have the government tell people you can't smoke in a restaurant. All you have to have is for the customers to say, I don't want to go in a restaurant that allows smoking. So don't go there. And I remember people calling up me and saying, but Dave, I love their food. And I said, well, then go. I don't want to go because they smoke. And I said, well, make up your damn mind. What do you care about more? You care that there's some smoke in the atmosphere or that the food's good? You just make up your mind. It's up to the owner to decide whether he's going to allow smoking or not. That's the way that works. And that's the way it should always work. That's about freedom in the marketplace. But we've moved away from that. We've got social justice warriors going crazy and doing, and doing their thing. And you got the government out doing their thing. And in Portland, that poor guy and and uh, lady, uh, they've got like a $275,000 fine they're fighting over because they would not decorate a cake for a gay wedding. And it's the government that's after them because they've got social justice warriors that go out and uh, make sure that everybody's towing the political correct line. All right, let me tell you about Aero Plumbing. i got to get a break in, so let's uh, go do it. It's time, good time to do it right now. It's Aero Plumbing. Don't forget about them. They uh, have their guarantees out there. they got several different ones you need to know about. Let me just run over them, three major ones, real quick. they got the clean home guarantee. That means when one of their professionals is at your house, they'll clean up after themselves, and they're going to leave your home the way that they found it, clean. Or, if they don't, then uh, Earl, the owner, is going to send a professional to clean your entire home. 
They have their 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied with the service that has been provided to you, they'll refund all of your money. In fact, they'll go this far. If their plumber smokes or even swears in your home, doesn't wear the shoe colors, you find out that they've not been drug tested, you don't have to pay for the service then either. If a repair fails in the first year, they'll repair it, and they'll repair it at no additional charge. And then the no lemon guarantee. They guarantee that the equipment and or fixtures they provide and install in your home are going to be performing as they've stated. If any equipment or fixture fails three times in the first year, that fixture is gone. Out of there. See you later. And it's at no charge to you. That's Aero Plumbing. Use the best. It's all the people I use. When it comes to plumbing, it's Aero Plumbing or no one else. AeroPlumbing.net. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick show. Uh, article in The Hill about all of this that's going on. And uh, it says that uh, the owner of the Red Hen had the legal right to refuse ser- service to Huckabee Sanders. And I've said that. And I agree with that. If you don't want to serve it, that's fine. But I get ticked off about in which I find uh, sad is the left's hypocrisy. It's okay to, for somebody to do it, but it's not okay for somebody else to do it because the person that's uh, doing it over here doesn't align with our our uh, social justice views. However, this sort of chaotic behavior is now mainstream only on the left. Senator Marco Rubio was shouted down in Florida. Department of Homeland Security Secretary was howled at as she ate in a restaurant with bonus outrage points that anyone linked to Trump should ever eat at a Mexican uh, joint. Florida Attorney General Pat Bondi was heckled while trying to watch a documentary on Mr. Rogers. Perhaps the mob didn't uh, get the whole point of Mr. Rogers. And then you got uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California. Uh, You know, I was talking about this over lunch today. If she is the sharpest knife in the district that she comes from out in California... There's a lot of dim bulbs in that district and a lot of very dull knives. Uh, She poured more gasoline on the fire, calling for mob violence. A member of Congress playing wink and nod games with mob violence lends a dangerous legitimacy to an already tenuous situation. This process of righteous outrage is not sustainable. In many ways, it reminds uh, me of the uh, growing storm of surprise after the 2016 election. Remember that? Remember when all the women showed up in Washington, D.C., and they were wearing the pea hats? Everybody remember that? Remember remember that they're going to be able to, some of them were dressed up like vaginas, and and they're going to be able to look back uh, to their daughters when they're older and... uh, you know, their daughters are babies now, and maybe they had them in Washington, D.C. with them, and they were pushing them in strollers, and they can show, you know, proud pictures to their children when their children are maybe 10 or 11 years old and say, see, darling, I stood up for you. I dressed like a vagina and marched in Washington, D.C. after Trump was elected. I'm sure that's exactly what all of them will do. Uh 
And then you had the the fake civil disobedience last summer that went down. But how did that culminate? Do you remember how that culminated? It's not that long ago. Do you remember how it finished? How did that finish? It finished in the attempted assassination of Republican Congressman uh, uh, there at a baseball game and Steve Scalise being wounded the way that he was and severely and and thank God he's back now uh, there in Congress doing his job. You know, there's room for discussion. There's room for discussion always, except for some. And I'm going to tell you, the SJWs are the worst. They're the new McCarthyites. If you don't know who a, what a McCarthyite is, then may I suggest you do a little historical searching and read about McCarthy that was a bad time when if you a lot of people were painted as communists and weren't but were painted that way and then they put on blacklists and they couldn't write movies and they they couldn't ply their trade and they had to write write under pseudonyms and all kinds of stuff And, and and it was a dark dark period uh, in the history of this country, as far as I'm concerned, it was. And now we're back to it again. And uh, the, the McCarthyites are on the left now, and, and they go under hashtag Me Too, and they go under other hashtags. And if you don't walk the way they want you to walk, if you don't think the way they want you to think, if you don't talk, the way that they want you to talk, if you don't use the words or refuse to use words that you say they say you shouldn't use, they will paint you, they will tar you, they will feather you, and they will, uh, in every way possible, destroy you. And they're nothing more than the same people that they decry about in our own history. Well, I've said enough about it now. I can move on and talk about other things here today on the show. They're not Nazis. They're McCarthyites. That's what they are. Don't forget about Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. 982-7451. That's how you reach the folks at Sunny's Auto Salvage. They'll take good care of you. For instance, RD just got me a rear uh, wiper for my car, which uh, we're going to change. And uh, that's the least of my worries since on Sunday, a lady broadsided us at Walmart. And now we got to get the whole left side or right side of the car fixed and uh, take it into Guatney's and have the collision folks over there tomorrow morning. Take a look at it and tell us, uh, tell the insurance what it's going to cost to fix this baby up. But with Sunny's Auto Salvage, you can get whatever big part you need or small part you need. I've gotten transmissions and motors. I've gotten rear windshield wipers, and I've gotten rear uh, taillights. You can get it all at Auto at Sunny's Auto Salvage. They are hooked up to thousands of salvage yards all over the United States and the world. If they don't have it, they can get it. They can, can deliver it to your particular technician, and they'll take good care of you. 
That's Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Again, the number, 982-7451, 982-7451. And don't forget to get one of their warranties. I've got a three-year parts and labor, unlimited mileage on both the uh, transmission and motor that I bought from Sunny's Auto Sal- uh, Salvage, so I don't have to worry for anything over the next uh, three years on the 2009 Corolla that I have, and it runs like a wonderful top. All right, so that's Sonny's Auto Salvage. Again, number again, 982-7451. When we come back, Conduit for Action, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court ruling last week that states uh, can uh, charge sales tax uh, on purchases bought over the Internet. And we'll talk about illegal immigration. Oh, by the way, Time Magazine uh, apologized for that story about the little girl that was ripped out of her uh, parents' arms when it found out that that never, ever happened. Became a Time cover. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Don't let the truth get in front of your narrative, right, guys? It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back with more. All right, 4 o'clock hour. Last week, uh, we did not have Conduit for Action on because I wasn't here. I was at home in bed. I was sick, man. I mean, I was under the weather. A 24-hour virus swept through my family beginning on uh, that Thursday. It went, And then it was my grandson, my daughter, my wife, my son-in-law, myself, and then another son of mine, day to day. And it lasted about 18 hours, and then you were fine. But while you were ill, you were ill. And I happened to be ill on Monday. So that means Brenda and Joe are here with us today. We have them join us on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got some things to to talk about, and uh, they are big things to be talked about but uh, to, to start off, let, let me just pick up where I left off in the last hour, uh, talking about what happened over the weekend, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sanders Huckabee not uh, or Huckabee Sanders not getting uh, uh, served at a, at a restaurant. And as far as I'm concerned, if the person who owns the restaurant didn't want to do that, that's fine and dandy. My problem is, is how the left is just so such big hypocrites about all of this guys you know if you don't want to decorate a cake for a gay couple uh they they want to uh, burn your establishment to the ground uh and but if you uh, don't if you don't want to serve the uh, uh the press secretary that's no big deal at all that's no problem just go ahead and do that uh their hypocrisy knows no limits uh on on the left and then you've got Maxine Waters who's basically calling for mob violence now and i guess you know steve scalise getting shot last year wasn't enough for her she wants somebody from the right to be actually killed so um i don't know it's it's getting kind of crazy out here in america right now we agree it's it's if one thing is true it's hard to be consistent when talking politics it's amazing to me. I got to I got to tell you I'm you know I'm 65. So, you know, I grew up during the uh, end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s and I remember how how crazy it was then with the weathermen and SDS and you know all of that and uh, you know people 
throwing golf balls with tin penny nails through them and uh, police officers riding through crowds on horses with uh, very large uh, batons and beating the snot out of uh, college students uh, and beating them into submission in Chicago. I mean, I remember all of that. And it seems to me that we're back at that kind of a time again. Uh, would you agree? You know, Joe was, uh, he's a little bit younger than me, and maybe I'm a little bit younger than you. And, and I, I, I had an aversion to the hippies back then, and, and I still do now. I uh, love the hippies. <laughs> you know, I, uh, my brother was in that age group, I thought, and uh, I don't know. You know, maybe it's something we contend with, but Kent State, you know, to think that our kids aren't, you know, we have school shootings, but, uh, you know, they're not from the National Guard. Shooting. That's correct. Well, you know, this kind of ties into the whole immigration uh, issue as well. And it's either you have law or you don't have law. That's right. And if you don't have law, whoever's got the most guns wins. So if the left wants to go there, they probably ought to start somewhere but Arkansas. Well, they're going after the guns, so maybe they got well, that in that's the why they're going after the guns. I mean, it all makes sense. You know, this this whole thing that's going on, I guess you saw where Time Magazine now, quote, has, and I'm you, you can't see it because you're probably not watching on Facebook, but I'm, I'm air quoting now, apologizes uh, for the story of that uh, led to their cover uh, last week of the little Mexican girl standing there in front of uh, President Trump with his arms folded and all of that because... She supposedly was taken away from her parents and whatnot. Come to find out that has never happened, that not only did the mother admit that it never happened, but the father, who was down in Honduras, knew that it never happened because he talked to him on the telephone. And now, you know, but Time Magazine didn't didn't allow uh, their narrative uh, or the truth to get in front of their narrative. Their narrative was what the president was doing was unconscionable and it was immoral, even though uh, the previous president had been doing it for years before this president was even elected. Well, it, it just panders to the the very low uh, education political voters, and, and it's just like anything else. Is their their response would be, well, if that case might not have been true, but another one was. Yeah, I mean, just like every other. You know, the racism thing is, well, yeah, they got the racism uh, problem wrong, the details wrong, but it does exist somewhere. So that gives them license, and the images are already out there, and their narrative is advanced, and, and people are agitated, and they just go with it, and they don't worry about this apology. Well, There's people walking around today that will tell you that little girl was ripped from her mother's bosom uh, and thrown in a cage by Donald Trump personally. I mean, that's you're not going to change the way these people think. Well, not only that, they're, they're, they're saying things like, Joe, that uh, young children are being pulled from the breasts of their nursing mothers. I mean, this this is insanity. The, the social justice warriors and the left have gone way, way overboard now. And then you got Maxine Waters saying, let the mob rule, basically. And I guess she wants uh, more, you know, S- Steve Scalise shootings or something. I haven't figured out that that woman. And when Trump said that she was low IQ, he was right. <laughs> well, that's only because the, uh, the Russians are coming narrative is no longer. That's exciting. correct. 
you know, when we cease to become a, a, a or cease to be a nation of laws, then anything goes, and the mob will rule. Yeah, you cease but to be a nation. The mob that thinks they're going to prevail is probably not the one that will prevail. I agree with that as uh, as well. So, so are we getting more children in Arkansas from uh, outside our borders or not? I do not believe that any have arrived that probably, from what I'm hearing now, is not going to happen. Uh, they are looking to keep this much closer to the border uh, than uh, what they thought last week when they, they came through uh, Little Rock Air Force Base and took a look at it. Well, now, now what is the fundamental question in play here, Dave? Is it that the children should stay and the parents have to be examined for deportation? I mean, is that the, the, the big dilemma? Or but, is all of them illegal and they separate them because one's old and one's not old? Well, I mean, the, 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 big, the, big, uh, the big issue is, number one, can you determine that the adult that is with the child is truly the child's guardian? That's the first thing that has to be determined, and that's the reason why many times uh, the child is separated from the adult. They cannot be sure of that. They've got... A lot of instances where somebody is bringing a young person across for sexual uh, abuse, that they're bringing them over for sexual slavery here into the United States, uh, that, uh, you know, they're not uh, a guardian. So until that's figured out. You separate the child if it's, you know, five, six or or maybe older. Couldn't you ask the child when they're separated, hey, is this? You know, do you want to be here with this person? Is this your mom or dad? Or I mean, surely that could mitigate several of the problems. Well, it has done that. Are. I mean, there's really, I think the, well, la- the last I heard, we were under 2,400 children that were separated from, from the adults. Uh, so they're working the issue. It's just a, it's a complex issue. It's not, a, it's not an easy thing to do when you're right there on the border and somebody just walks across the border and says, I want asylum. You know, I mean, it's that's not an easy well, thing to well, determine. I mean, we can't solve all the world's problems, or we'll. I agree. Bankrupt, but wouldn't it make sense to say if you don't want to be separated from this child, then you both can leave now and go back over there where you came from. But if you stay, you're going to have to be separated. And let me give you an example. You know, if I was to take my grandson, go over to your neighborhood tonight, and steal your golf clubs. And I'm going down the street with my grandson in your golf clubs, and the police get me. I've broken the law. Are the, can I claim that I want to stay with my grandson? That hmm. he's got to go with me. I, he, I agree. You've given up that right once you break the law. But but here but here's the key, uh, Joe, and I think that you know this as well as I do. People do not look at people coming across the border as breaking the law. All right. They don't look at it as like if you're trying to steal something. I guess they don't understand that when somebody comes across the the border, they could be stealing from somebody's mouth the ability to feed their own families. I mean, they don't see that. They don't understand that unless it. Uh, I guess unless it strikes right at their own their own homes. They they just don't get it. They do not like get I said, it. In politics, it's very hard to be consistent and. These people who are concerned about these children are the ones who have no concern for the unborn who are aborted. That's correct. It's very interesting. 
Well, and on top of it, they're the same ones that didn't have any kind of problem with President Obama doing exactly what is being done right now. Johnson, who was head of HHS, uh, made the statement that and freely admitted that they did this type of stuff and they expanded it under the Obama administration because they needed to get it under control. Well, I'm not sure that was their motive, but they, they did expand it. Yeah, but I mean, that's what that's what he said. He admitted that the Obama administration had separated children from adults. But it's possible that it was just to create a crisis to affect urgency for change. Well, that, uh, and, and doing it in a way that's not constitutionally sound. Well, and and so maybe that's why the left doesn't scream about it as much as they do now that Trump is doing it. Well, uh, you want to make a list of those those type items? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Things that have been going on, a lot of the stuff that has happened under the Obama administration, it's as though it did not exist. It didn't exist. It did exist, and we know that it existed. And the people on the left, the hypocrisy of the left is is palatable. It, you, I mean, it, it's unbelievable about so how the, the left is. The issue for me, Dave, is are the people going to get so tired of hearing this fighting if they will, uh, you know, give in and let the left have their way, they'll not show up to vote uh, election time like we saw this last primary season because they're just so worn out from hearing these these cries of the, the skies falling. I don't think so. And I'll, here, let me play something for you. I played this earlier in my show. Uh, this is from CNBC. This is a poll that they did. It was on CNBC today. I had I got a hold of it. I want you to listen to this because this says a lot yeah we've been doing this for 10 years so i think what we say now is this i know it's right it's a long time like my kid graduating congratulations johnny <laughs> a booming economy helping president trump's approval record on the economy and to a limited extent his overall approval record approval record for his presidency for the first time in the trump presidency the cnbc all america economic survey finds more than half of the public 51 percent to be exact supports his handling of the economy that is up six points from our prior survey in March. His overall approval rating rising just two points and stands at 41% with a disapproval of 47%, but that is down 10 points, that 47%. So fewer people disapprove of his handling of the presidency. Trump's net negative rating, that's approval minus disapproval, the lowest we've recorded yet. The surge in Trump's approval on the economy comes with some Democratic support, in fact, and it's the highest by far of his presidency. You can see right there that surge to 51 percent and the decline in disapproval on the economy to 36 percent. We did not find any obvious impact on the president's overall approval rating from the controversy over separating migrant children from their parents. Here's what we did. We looked at the data from last Saturday and Sunday. We combined it, compared it to Monday and Tuesday when the story was more prominent. We found no difference in his overall approval rating. Our pollsters suggest that's because everybody is simply locked in in what they feel about the president. Now, President Trump's immigration policies remain the worst polling issue for him. But it's not dramatically changed from last year. 42% approved, 52% disapproved. But it's not much different from last June, you can see right there, within the margin of error, 3.5% of the poll. If they support the president's policies of regulatory trade deals, yes, they do. 52% approve and just 30% disapprove. So he has strong support there. I will add, they disapprove of his tariffs and taxes on imported goods. 
We conducted the poll June 16th and 19th. 800 Americans polled across the country. Margin of error, 3.5%. We found record economic optimism among the public uh, in the 10 years we've been doing this. For the first time, these are small numbers, but maybe significant. For the first time, those rating the economy excellent at 13%. Outstrip those who think it's poor at 11%. It was always below, and we have record high economic optimism across the board. All right. Now, do I need to say more? No blue wave coming, folks. People got jobs. People are getting along. They're excited about what the president's doing. His numbers are up. They're not down. And the kids, it's just not playing out there in flyover country. Well, you know, it, maybe now we have rid ourselves of the emotion, and it's only how it affects you personally as to how people vote. And how, and how many of those people even know any details other than what the media tells them to make their decisions on? Well, here's how they're, that drives it but they're making, hey, Joe, they're making, they're making their decisions on, they got more money in their pocket, they, maybe they've, they've moved up in their job. It's just the same way when Reagan was elected. Man, the end of the world was coming. Oh, my God, it was unbelievable. And then the economy started picking up. Then it started buzzing. Then people started making money. And guess what? It's one of the greatest presidents that ever lived. <laughs> well, After he died. Yeah, that, that still doesn't, uh, you know, root out the the swing that we're all taking towards the progressive agenda. You know, the progressive agenda is moving forward, and Republicans are helping it in in this you know time of plenty. They're going to move the progressive agenda forward for self preservation, or maybe that's who they are. All right, now that means I got to bring up what I really wanted to talk to you about, and the Supreme Court helped the. Uh, Republican uh, legislature here in Arkansas this last week when they said that states can charge sales tax on items bought on the Internet. i got to take a break. When we come back, that's what we're going to talk about next. Brendan Joe from Conduit for Action, conduitforaction.org. Right, continuing on the Dave Ellswick Show, about uh, three minutes to the bottom of the hour. we got news at that time. Let me jump right back in. Joe? The Supreme Court gave the uh, legislature all the cover they need now to uh, start uh, getting uh, sales tax off of uh, items off the Internet because the only reason that piece of legislation lost in the last general session a couple of years ago was there was enough uh, guys that said, well, I'm not going to vote for that. I mean, the Supreme Court even said it's not legal. Now the Supreme Court says it's legal. How long do you think it will be before we're going to be paying sales tax on everything we buy off the Internet. Well, you know, I don't really know, but I would suspect at the first opportunity they get, <laughs> I will tell you that that is probably the biggest assault on the Constitution that we'll see in our lifetime. Okay. Because that opens the door to so many other variants of that ruling. Um, I, but but here's, explain, here's, explain what you mean. Yeah. Well, there's lots of things. I mean, uh, other states can... So you can't sell to us unless you're compliant with our environmental regulations or our uh, family. If your company does not adhere to the family insurance for uh, you know, adopted children or whatever you can think of that the do-gooders of the world would want, if you don't have a policy in place in your state, then they can say you can't sell your products in our state. 
but that's opened the door to all those kinds of things. And, and plus it creates a bureaucracy that government just loves to keep up with it, to audit it, and for retaliation. It's going to change the free market in ways they haven't even conceived. All right. I got it. We got to, we're going to take this up more when we come back. We've got news coming up. Brendan and Joe from uh, Conduit for Action are with us, conduitforaction.org. You go to that website. There's always a couple of articles every week for you to read. When we come back, a, a really, I think, interesting look at this, what the Supreme Court has done. Because speaking of progressivism, what's going to happen when they get another $140, $190 million off of sales taxes uh, off the Internet, if it's not even more? Are they going to use it on roads? What are they going to use it on? We'll talk about all of it. Uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But first, here's your news. And we continue with uh, Brendan Joe from Conduit for Action here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're talking about a uh, decision the Supreme Court made last week uh, on Internet sales. It had been that uh, a state could not say that uh, if you sold things on the Internet, it had to pay sales tax. The Supreme Court changed that ruling last week and now states can charge sales tax uh in the last general session uh, a couple of years ago uh there was a bill run uh here in the uh, the general session of asking that to happen and a lot of people didn't vote for it for the simple reason they said even if you pass it it can't go into effect because the Supreme Court had ruled against charging sales tax on the Internet. That has changed now. I had asked Joe and Brenda when they thought that would change uh, for the legislature uh, in 2019. Joe, I th- thought, had the, the best answer. In fact, I'll go you one better, Joe. I think it might be the first bill that's run in the 2019 session uh, will be that bill. Now, do you think that they'll stay with using that money for uh, the uh, the highways? Because that's kind of if I'm if I'm if my memory is correct, that's kind of what they thought they wanted to do with that money. That was a kind of way of sweetening the whole thing to get somebody to vote for it. What do you think this time? What do you think they're looking at now? You talk about the progressive agenda. We're talking about maybe as much as two hundred million dollars coming off of that. Um, that's an awful big pot of honey, so to speak. Before they uh, decide where to put the money, I predict that it it might even be the Department of Finance that uh, goes forward with collecting the the money, saying it's already owed, and they'll go after it as a use tax. And so we'll you know we'll see that they'll just say, well, same thing, sales tax, because. Uh, they'll say they they were really empowered to do that now. That's one possibility. I think it was referenced in one of the articles we saw written right after the ruling. So how how will they implement that? Execute that. Well, remember Charlie Collins says it's already owed. So we'll see. You know, I just I'm just saying it, it's clear from the actions taken, saying we need a bill passed, whatever, that it is a new tax that they would impose on outside uh, state sellers, but. Um, Maybe the, they would interpret the Supreme Court's case as saying, well, now, you know, we have jurisdiction on those sellers just like they were in-state sellers now. But they're going to punish the people of Arkansas for not paying rather than trying to collect from the outside state? No, they'll they'll collect from the outside sellers. Oh. 
So let's see. I'm just saying, keep your eyes open for not even a, a new bill being passed. Well, well, I'm I'm kind of different. I'm I'm the more uh, skeptical person of the group, I think. And you know, uh, first let's start with what are, what are we doing without as a state without this money? What what are we missing? What what are we suffering that we need this money? Because that's the only motivation. We're not doing without something. There's not you know. People starving and, and the roads aren't crumbling, despite what Dan Douglas said. I mean, there are money for all these things. So now they're going to, the, the logic is going to be we're going to get this $150, $200 million, and then we're going to cut taxes elsewhere. I mean, we'll, why go through those gyrations? Why don't we just leave this one alone? Then their argument becomes the brick and mortar stores. Well, any store that doesn't add value in today's uh, economy, they're leaving anyway. If they're not adding value, they're not going to be there, no matter what kind of leveling the playing field they claim. And then I would predict that online purchasing will probably continue to rise at the same pace it's, it's doing it today. So the only reason for this tax ultimately is to increase the size and scope of government. That is it. That's all it is. And our legislature has already voted no on that very issue. I know that the not being legal was part of it, but the, the primary reason that it was defeated is because the people didn't want government any bigger. You said it perfectly. Primary was the, the key word there, because they were not about to vote for that before the primaries. And, and you ask about when do you think they would take this up. I wouldn't be surprised. If, number one, they started a task force on it or included that, <laughs> and then they had a special session just to pass it so they can get the money now. Well, Hendren said he was going to reduce the tax brackets as soon as this was passed, that early on in the tax well, force. Let's not anything. <laughs> I mean, what a shell game. So anyway. I just you know, can't. I, look, I think. For the whole country that, that the states have been empowered or the federal government has been empowered, and probably to resolve it, it might look like, a national sales tax will be adopted, and then we're done. Oh, you think we'll have a VAT tax? Is that what you believe? It's possible that this is going to cause so much angst and, and uh, reciprocal, you know, more or less a trade war between the states, that that's the solution that will be proposed. Yeah. And, and just look for it in coming years in the we told you so section of the Conduit for Action website that is jam-packed full of... Right again. Yeah, yeah, sorry, we're right again. I don't want to be right, but you can't help these people. Well, I, I do know this, and I think we all three will agree with this. There is no way under God's blue sky that this legislature will allow that much money to be floating out there and not take advantage of getting it. Well, now... Maybe this is the whole source of, of my issue in, in the political arena and, and what causes me to have so much consternation is I understood the Republicans wanted to lower taxes. I mean, that's that's what they said. That's why I got involved, to lower taxes to make the government more accountable and do only what it should do. Yeah, but, Joe, I hear, I hear it already. This is about equality. This is about giving the brick-and-mortar stores what they they need, a level playing field. It I has can, nothing to do with... I know. Look, I agree, I, I agree with you. It's not it, adding value. 
Find it's out a MacGuffin, okay? We, it we, is nothing we, but a MacGuffin. Saying, so get, do away with the corporate income tax, and then the brick-and-mortar stores will have a better chance of competing. And That's then, then we've, we, we've done two things. You know, the tax is not as high. They're not bringing in as much money as that would supposedly offset, and it'd be a revenue-neutral and a business-generating uh, refer, uh, reform to our tax code. Well, I can guarantee you they take a poll of consumers, and they don't want this poll result. They'd have to figure out how to put their thumb on the scale, but but a poll would reveal <laughs> that consumers are buying online has almost nothing to do with a sales tax. I don't know if I would Certainly. totally agree with that. I, I love buying online because I don't have to pay the tax. I will say that the number one reason I buy online is for convenience. That's right. Well, but all they're doing is punishing most of us. Uh, and I'll give you a small example. You know, I, I went to buy an idler wheel for my Craftsman lawnmower, which is 15 years old and still going strong. And I found it at the Sears website for $17.99 plus tax plus shipping. Uh-huh. I went online to another store and it was $9 delivered for free with no tax. Right. Which one did Which one did you buy? Well, to do my duty to the state, um, um, I, think, I recall I bought the one from Sears and paid my tax. <laughs> but I bet you, Dave, will go ahead and buy the one online so you don't have to get outside and, and fight the traffic. You're exactly right. Tax it's still going to be store. cheaper. It's still going to be cheaper to buy it online because that model is just a better model in today's world. And, and the brick and mortars are going to go away. But Walmart and Amazon are going to, you know, drive them all out because they can't compete. And now the, the, the government's going to maintain the money that they didn't need in the first place. I mean, I've asked several legislators, why don't you just sit on your hands and do nothing and taxes will be reduced by the market moving towards Internet purchasing. Sales tax will be reduced. The money to government will be reduced. And you don't have to take any blame. But our legis- go ahead. Our legislature never would uh, accept the amendment to that bill to give it to the highways. You know, we never saw that get any traction. So I predict it will not be used to reduce the rates or the highways. Okay, so you don't believe that they? How do you believe they're going to they're going to use it, then, Brenda? Because I I stand by my statement. That's too much money for them to ignore. We have a Medicaid expansion bill due twenty twenty. Well, I believe they'll pay for that video uh, system in the Senate. Oh, yeah. Now, they might do that, Joe. <laughs> I mean, $200 million ought to cover it. It should cover it. I Insurance agree. premiums are likely to cover up enough to just absorb it. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I no, agree. Don't worry about it. It's already spent. Well, I'm not holding my breath, though, Joe. I'm telling you, I refuse to hold my breath. Well, you know, that, that brings me to something else that I heard, and, and I, Brenda can re- kind of refresh the how this came up, but we're talking about some additional revenue needed because all these people that smoke are getting sick and, and their, their Medicaid, their, you know, their freebies from the government, it costs more for a smoker. Well, they've raided all the money in the tobacco settlement that was for that purpose, and now they've got to replenish it. Uh, is that not a classic government, solution. big government solution, you know, 
they have a program that benefits the teachers, let's say, the teachers' retirement. They steal all the money and use it for something else, and then they, that, that like, sculptures along the bike trails. Now, are you talking about Social Security now? <laughs> yeah, they waste it on this kind of stuff that's frivolous that we don't need, and then they go back and say, we need more taxes because the teachers' retirement fund is running out of money. All right. I mean, this is the shell game that we fall for time and time and time again. All right. Let me jump in and uh, let's take a break. Let's go to the phones. Ray in Little Rock is with us. Hey, Ray, how are you? Yeah, hey, Your hey, thought. I'm good, Dave. Uh, listen, I think your guests have totally distorted this. This Internet sales tax argument, it has nothing to do with all these other things they're worried about adding. It, this is about basic fairness to your brick-and-mortar retailers that provide jobs here. And, and pay taxes. Uh, the, the, this was about not giving the internet world unfair uh, competitive advantage against the local hardware stores and the people that are here that have invested in the community and pay taxes and, and, and employ people. You know, at the end of the day, that's what this is about. Well, it, you may you the, may think that's what it's about, but I can tell you that's not what it's about. And if it's about the money, well, you know. It is about the money. You, well, sure. Then there, there's plenty of need for roads and highways. We've got some. Oh, the yeah. There's always. We need, mo- we need more roads here in, in Arkansas for sure. Absolutely. We need to have more roads in Arkansas than what they've got in California. Please wake up, smell the coffee, and know that what you're thinking is absolutely wrong. All right. I'm sorry, Joe. Sorry. Sorry about well, that. Well, I mean, to, to address the caller's point, and, and I understand that that that's out there. I mean, you know, Ray is, is certainly bought into the brick-and-mortar thing. He may own, let's say, a, a tackle shop, and it may affect him personally. He can, you know, hey, yeah, he can sell the on the work. Internet. He but can those, sell on the stores, Internet. I mean, those stores are going to go out of business. One, It doesn't matter. They're going out if they don't produce a value for the customer. And, and the tax advantage is not the value uh, determiner. That's right. No, right. It, it's not. Those, it. those stores are going out of business anyway. They just don't know it. All right. I got to get a break in, guys. Stay with me. We'll be right back. But I just get tired of saying, we need roads. Oh, please. We need, we need roads where the cars are at, not in other places. I can say that much. If you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, stop. You could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake. They can cost you tens of thousands of dollars. This decision can trigger an avalanche of taxes and double your Medicare premiums. You could avoid this by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class Friday, July the 13th, run by David Lucas from the David Lucas Show right here on 101.1 The Answer. The workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration is 18 bucks, includes a 34-page workbook, maximizing your Social Security benefits. Seating's limited. Call 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. Or just go online. Visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, we'll get back and finish up with Brendan Joe here. Let me remind you about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. They are expanding. Well, not just starting it. They have been. I mean, I over the last five years, I've watched Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics and Prosthetics go from one location on 12th Street to now six locations. They're in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, uh, and Searcy. I expect to see them 
in more locations in the near future. Uh, their Little Rock location is getting a much-needed demo and addition. We talked about that last week. Uh, coming up into a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. They have a 3D printer now downstairs, and all they're waiting for is for them to uh, get the material that the 3D printer is going to use up to the snuff that it needs to be at as far as the strength factor goes. And then they'll not be making prosthetics the way that they used to. Uh, they'll be printing them off. They'll, they'll bring you in, sit you down, and let's say you need a, uh, an arm, a lower arm, and they're going to take a device and make a uh, high-tech computerized version of uh, your arm, have it in the computer, punch a couple of, uh, of buttons, and the 3D printer will print your prosthetic. It's unbelievable what is happening, and uh, Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics are on the cutting edge of that. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of uh, support. Brenda and Joe are here with us to finish up from uh, Conduit for Action. Conduitforaction.org is their website. And, uh, Joe, you know, these brick-and-mortar stores, I don't go to the brick-and-mortar stores, even even if I have to pay uh, sales tax online. I'll do my shopping online. It's just I don't have to get in my car. I don't have to drive across town. I don't have to drive down to Little Rock. I can do it all right there. And uh, delivery is going to be to me within maybe a day, maybe two days. I mean, the Internet and, and what they're doing at, uh, at Amazon, uh, Walmart has saved their, their fat. They finally figured it out. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing what they're doing. I, I like it. I mean, it has never been the government's job to protect specific businesses. If, like I keep saying, if, if they don't create a value, if you have a shop, let's say model trains, okay, people are going to go into that model train shop because the guy that, and the people that work there know about model trains, and they can talk about it, and they'll patronize him if he adds that value. Yep. Regardless of the price difference. I agree with that, too. Most businesses, you don't need that anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, what about LegalZoom.com? That's great. Let's, yeah, let's let's even offshore them so they don't even have to have a license. That'd be awesome. Yeah, forget these high-priced lawyers. But you can buy clothes online now, which I thought would never happen. Try them on when they come to your house, and if they don't fit, you put them back in the same box for no money and send them back. Yep. And I mean, what can be better than that? And what what does that put Arkansas out in terms of cost? I mean, there's no. There's no protection needed. There's no fire protection. They pay fuel taxes on their delivery trucks. I mean, there's no value Arkansas adds to that equation except the ability to force them to collect money for them. Yeah. And that's it. And that's, and that's the long and the short of it. These people can never have enough money. And you know what they do with all their excess money? Ethics? Waste. Are we going to have teach ethics classes huh? with the excess? Money. There you go. Let's put that money into classes of how not to take a bribe. How ridiculous is that? Is that you have to <laughs> teach a person that has been elected to public office ethics courses? How not to take a bribe. You know, how, you how, how to say no. 
Joe, thank- right and wrong is not known to somebody we elect. To Some people it isn't, evidently, Joe. I mean, I Who's hate to say it. For these people? <laughs> thank you, Joe. We're out of time. Brenda, thank you. Conduit for Action, conduitforaction.org. We'll do it again next Monday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget, coming up, Robert Steinbach. We'll be talking about a lot of things with him. A lot of it doing with uh, things like, of course, First Amendment, freedom of speech type issues. We always talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay by, stand by. More coming your way. All right. Waiting on Robert Steinbach. He should be giving us a call here in a moment. Uh, big story coming out today. Uh, this is the case of the Barnelli Stutzman the Arlene Flowers versus State of Washington Supreme Court uh, case, uh, the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, one of the key First Amendment religious freedom cases uh, that we had been waiting for from the Supreme Court, uh, has been this new one, the Arlene Flowers and the State of Washington Supreme Court uh, issued an order vacating the decision of the Washington State Supreme Court. And so, you know, what all does that mean? What does it mean for First Amendment freedoms? Uh, What is the Washington State Supreme Court likely to do? Uh, Attorneys uh, with uh, the folks uh, uh, of the ADF uh, are going to have been talking about this. I wanted to talk to Robert about it because there's a lot of, you know, Alliance Defending Freedom uh, have had leading lawyers in this, and if we can get Robert on to talk about this, it'd be great. He'll have some real looks uh, into this uh, a- as well, because uh, vacating the case, if I'm not mistaken, basically says there's nothing there for the Supreme Court to look at. So we'll see what's going on here in, in just a moment. We'll get to get to these in in a moment. Uh, you know, with uh, with Robert. Robert's with us now. Hey, Robert, how are oh, yeah. you? I am well, my friend. Sorry about the delay. Technical issues. Oh, okay. But well, just so let me get one technical issue out of the way. Uh, Robert's opinions are his and his alone, and not those necessarily of UALR or the Bowen School of Law. And so we got to get that out of the way. Let me ask: this vacating of the Supreme Court, uh, the yes. decision of the Washington State Supreme Court against Arlene's Flowers. Now, remember, Arlene Flowers would not make a uh, uh, flower arrangements for a gay wedding. And the okay. uh, the state of Washington had t- gone after them and had, if I'm not mistaken in this case, had even uh, uh, brought a hundred about $135,000 judgment against the florist. Now they uh-huh. they have vacated the Supreme Court vacates the decision. What does that mean, and what does that mean for Arlene's flowers? That's it. I have yet to hear that news, other than from you. As usual, I get my most important news from Dave Ellswick worldwide. Uh, but so I can only tell you what the, the word vacate means. That's gone. That is undone. And then typically something else is going to happen. You, you get a new hearing, you get a new process involved. So they typically vacate and then X, fill in the blank. They vacate and remand, send back to the trial court for further consideration in light of something. Mm-hmm. But vacating means the bad news that happened, 
that's no longer in place, and now uh, we're going to start afresh, anew. Hmm. That's interesting. It is interesting. That, 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 is I mean, seriously, that's very, very right? uh, interesting. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't even hear that. During the break, I will um, uh, definitely during the break, I'll, I'll try to run a quick search and see what I can find. Yeah, that, that came out at about 10 o'clock our time uh, here in uh, in Little Rock this morning. I should have sent it to mm-hmm. you. I apologize that I didn't so no, that you no would worries. have it. So uh, that that that's interesting. We'll have to see what that what that's going to do. What what do you think? What does the Washington Supreme Court do in a situation like that? Well, uh, it, it, whichever court vacated it, did you say? Do you know whether it's the federal court or the state court that vacated it? It's well. It says that. Uh, the Supreme Court, that's the uh, United States, has just issued an order vacating the decision of the Washington State Supreme Court. Oh, wow. Well, that, that means it gets sent back to the Supreme Court or the trial court, probably the former, probably the Supreme Court in Washington State, uh, and they've got to do something over again because the U.S. Supreme Court decided that the Washington Court did something wrong. That's the implication based on what you've said. All right. We'll know, we'll know more after the break because I'm going to look it up. Okay, well, I've got, here you go. The Supreme Court today said it yeah. would not consider sequels to its decisions this month on a baker who refused to serve a gay couple and on challenges to voting maps warped by politics. In a pair of one-sentence orders, the court instead sent appeals and similar disputes back to lower courts for further proceedings, passing up opportunities to clarify its inconclusive rulings in some of the most closely watched cases this term. One order told a lower court to reconsider the case of a florist in Washington State who had refused to create a floral arrangement for a same-sex wedding. The justices vacated a decision against the florist from the Washington Supreme Court and instructed it to take a fresh look at the dispute in light of this month's ruling in a similar dispute involving the baker Jack Phillips of Colorado. The case Arlene's Flowers versus State of Washington started in 2013 when the florist, Bernelli Stutzman, turned down a request from a longtime customer, Robert Ingersoll, to provide flowers for his wedding to another man, Kurt Freed, Ms. Stutzman said her religious principles didn't allow her to do so. She said she should not have to participate in same-sex weddings, which has been recognized in Washington the previous year. So this is important. They're saying, hey, Washington Supreme Court, we're vacating what you did to this woman. We want you to go back, look at the decision we said about Mr. Phillips in Colorado about baking a cake for a gay wedding and apply what we said in that to this case, which would be, seems to me that that's pretty straight indication from the Supreme court. Leave this florist alone. You know, I don't need to be on the show at this point. Dave. I'm, I'm joking in part, but your point, but you got it right on the money, which is the court, the U S Supreme court sends us back to Washington state and said, we want you to reevaluate based on what we've done. Now they're not necessarily saying, Hey, you got it wrong, 
But when they send it back, it's kind of it's kind of like them saying, "Look, pay attention to what's going on here in the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, because uh, we just made a big decision, and there's more to come." Uh, so it's not a positive sign for the Washington State Court. Let's put it that way. It could turn out that the Washington State Court produces the same result in the end, claiming that the U.S. Supreme Court decision doesn't affect their analysis. And then that case would, again, likely be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. And at some point, likely the Supreme Court would, would either take that case or a similar case, because as we know from the Baker case, they punted in part, right? They, yeah. they said the process was so broken that we're, we're going to send it back, because clearly those folks on the Colorado Commission were biased against religious people, essentially, and that's no good. Uh, so they sent it back because of that. They never answered where in the spectrum of behavior, you're allowed as a, someone like us who observes religion uh, to object to participating in commerce based on that religious belief. Uh, uh, and so we know, for example, you can't say, and you shouldn't be able to say, oh, I don't want to serve this type of people at my diner because I say my religion doesn't like those people. That let's use gay people for example, because that's the context. You can't, a diner can't say I don't serve gay people. Um, that's uh, not um, a, leg, a legitimate uh, means uh, to turn down service. Although, by the way, uh, uh, the federal law doesn't have a protection for discrimination against gay people, and and about half the states don't as well. So it gets a little bit more complicated. So let's change the example. You can't turn someone down because they're Jewish. You can't refuse to serve at a diner because someone is Jewish. Uh, but uh, you, as as the court implied, but didn't state in the Baker case, there may be an ability to turn down producing in specific a wedding cake. And as you know, Thomas brought this out in detail in his opinion, because that act, unlike making uh, um, uh, scrambled eggs, that act, says Thomas, is an expressive act. It's, it's, it's an endorsement of the marriage uh, process itself, like baking or like frying up some eggs is not. Uh, and so uh, an, wouldn't be an endorsement of uh, any particular religion by way of uh, analogy. Uh, and so uh, we shall see what will happen, how the court ultimately defines those contours. But I do think it's likely when these cases come back up that the courts will define those contours as protecting at least some of this wedding-related behavior uh, uh, for those who are religiously observant, so that be it the cake baker or the flower um, uh, arranger or or um, the uh, the hall that rents out the facility for the wedding ceremony. I believe that the court will allow those who are religiously observant and in at least some of those businesses to refuse service based on their own religious beliefs. All right. So then let me ask this from you. Does that mean that this last uh, decision made about the gentleman out of Colorado has right. sent, has, has set a clear precedent 
that says government cannot be hostile toward people who believe marriage is between a man and a woman, and they have right. a right to practice those beliefs, just like people who support same-sex marriage have a right to their beliefs. I think the answer to that question is an unequivocal yes. The, the follow-on question is, how far does that get you, so to speak? Yeah. Does that uh, ability to express uh, your um, disfavor for gay marriage allow you as a vendor of products or services in the pub- public realm to refuse service in certain contexts. And of course, the context that we're talking about is regarding a gay marriage. All right. When we come back, let me take what we've just talked about and expand it to something that happened over the weekend. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. We'll come back with uh Robert Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay with us. We've got a lot more to talk about. All right. So that brings us to another question then, Mr. Steinbach. What is Which the, I can only guess at. Yeah. Let's go to the Red Hen restaurant over the weekend. Let, let's not, by the way, let's not go to the Red Hen restaurant. Here's an idea, right? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's I'm not miss that. At eating at the Red Hen restaurant. I, I am not either, but let me just ask what differentiates what they did from what somebody would do if they said, I don't want to serve you because you want to, yeah. you're going to have a gay wedding. What differentiates you from that when you say, I don't want to serve you because I don't believe in your political beliefs? Yeah, it's a great question. The reason uh, the Colorado guy, the baker, uh, was punished was because Colorado has an equal rights law uh, like the federal law, but the Colorado one also has a sexual orientation, meaning we've all heard of Title VII. You're not allowed to discriminate based on sex, religion, age, race, um, disabilities, a different law, but we put it under that category. Mm-hmm. I may be missing one. Our national origin. Uh, and then many, about half the states add to that at least one other element, some more, uh, and the other element typically is, um, is uh, sexual preference, essentially being gay or not gay. Uh, and uh, so you have to have in law a place that applies to those private entities. Uh, and so that law says... Uh, Joe's Baker or Joe's Diner cannot refuse service uh, to gay people, to Jewish people, uh, to Catholic people, to evangelical people, to black people, to white people, you uh, you name it. Uh, And it's under those laws that the gay baker was charged. uh, It's a civil process, but effectively charged of violating the civil rights uh, in Colorado of the gay couple. There is no law generally that I'm aware of that requires private establishments to respect the First Amendment of the First Amendment rights of um, of uh, consumers, customers. Uh, I, I think you could enact such a law, but I know of no such law uh, yet, uh, and that's why that establishment can throw them out because they're or throw. Sarah Sanders out, as offensive as it is, uh, because there's no right to have political beliefs uh, that can be enforced against that private 
entity, albeit they are serving the public, so they are subject to certain consumer laws, such as the ones we talked about regarding discrimination. But there is no viewpoint discrimination that is protected. And by the way, Dave, you and I talk about this all the time in when we talk about higher education and even lower education, meaning K through 12, is that uh, the leftists in, edu- in education hire other leftists, but they make sure that they have so-called diversity. You must have a person born in this country or of this race or of this height and this weight and this color, etc. but they never ask about diversity viewpoint. How about that? Yeah. How about maybe someone who thinks a little bit differently. Someone can offer a, 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 a different worldview. Uh, so uh, maybe you've touched on an important issue that might be useful for future legislation. Let's think about requiring public places that serve food, etc. They can't kick you out because you happen to be a Republican. That's a bad idea that they can do that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't want any laws passed. I just, here's what I, I, I say to it is bottom line this, I think. A private entity can deny service to whomever they want. I think you're stupid if you do it. I mean, this woman has brought down, you know, a lot of disrepute. I'll guarantee you that she'll lose money because of what she's done. 100%. 100%. And just to be clear, I, I agree with your point. I mean, I was riffing a bit, but I yeah. agree with your point. We don't need another law. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, 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 but the, the response is, you don't have to go there either. I'm, I wouldn't go there. Absolutely, I wouldn't go there. If you're going to be viewpoint discriminatory, well, by the way, I support the president. So yeah. are you going to kick me out? I'm not going to go to a restaurant. I don't know if they're going to let me eat there or not. What happens if I wear a Make, a Make America Great Again hat? Are they going to kick me out? Yeah. So that, you know, it's not a place that I want to go. I guess it brings, all, it brings new meaning to Blue Plate Special. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, well played, my friend. Anyway, you know, the country has. It, it we just got a minute here, and a little levity on this. What does it say about our country that we've got down to the point? That you can't eat at a restaurant because you believe certain ways. Well, you saw what they did to the Homeland Secretary. They're yeah. screaming from uh, shame, shame. They're silly. You, you, they look like goofballs, you know? Yeah, I agree. Let's take a break. we got to get the news, and we'll come back. we got a lot more to talk about. I want to talk about the hypocrisy of the left. You know what they yeah. are? I got the hashtag Me Too movement for sure. They're McCarthyites. You know that? Mm-hmm. That's what they mm-hmm. really oh, are. They're we, not Nazis. We've been saying that for years. They are McCarthyites. That's exactly That's what right. they are. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this here with Robert Steinbach on the Dave Ellswick Show. He is a legal professor at Bowen School of Law. His opinion are uh, his opinions and his opinions alone, not those of the UALR or Bowen School of Law. You know, a lot of big changes have been going on with Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, Little Rock's location. You know, Horton's began their business back in the 80s, about 87 to be exact, right off of 12th Street in Little Rock, moved into a home that was built in the late 1800s. Well, now they've taken and grown that small family practice into a six-location family business that provides Arkansans with all their orthotic and prosthetic needs. Remember, those six locations are uh, going to be the updated facility here in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. 
Well, the Little Rock location now is getting a much-needed demo in addition. It's going to be a state-of-the-art facility, have the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. New gate room will be added, a large new waiting room, a new mastectomy area just for mastectomy patients that have privacy and comfort while, uh, ladies, you're fitted. Just keep that all in mind because it's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics who are providing a lifetime of support. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach is our guest. He is a professor of law over at the Bowen School of Law at UALR. And, of course, his opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of the school or of law or of UALR. So back with us is, is Robert. we got about another 24 minutes to spend with him. Always look forward to these times on Mondays. A lot of things to talk about. So we're always talking about how great free speech is, Robert. But then someone comes along like Maxine Waters, who starts calling for the mob to go out and show up at uh, locations where Trump uh, administration officials are are at how how close does she come to saying fire in a theater when she does that another question right you know that free speech has very few limits but one of them is you can't actually incite violence and why why do i put the word actually in there uh, it's all right back final few moments with uh robert steinbach here on the dave ellswick show and uh Robert, you know, a lot of people look out and they see uh, a lot of the disagreement that's going on, and that's good. I don't have any problem with that disagreement. I have problems when I see, you know, Maxine Waters uh, basically saying harassment. I have problems with that. But if people want to disagree, more power to them. I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but one of the first things that I do when I get the – the paper, and yes, I still read the paper, is I go to the opinion page and I read the letters to the editor because that's where I get my best laugh for the day. Now, disagreement is is very important, and this is what you and I have been talking about on your show for years now because from disagreement, from debate, come new ideas and better ideas. And that's the problem that we have identified across academia from kindergarten on is this extreme leftist bent in which conservatives are shunned. They're not hired, they're not promoted, they're not rewarded. Uh, And so uh, you have very few conservatives in any level of academia, and it becomes indoctrination. It doesn't become debate. It becomes indoctrination. Right. And that's a problem. Yeah. And that's why I agree with you. We need the differences. We need the discussions. We need the debate. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about debate. I'm all against safe spaces. I'm all against, uh, you know, uh, you know the, the folks that are out there, the, the SJWs and all the rest of them that try to shut people up from saying uh, what they believe. I mean, that's the stuff that's got to stop. Yeah, I mean, for me, a safe space is a place in which you have your Second Amendment rights. That's how you feel safe. And the SJW, isn't that a model of of a Smith & Wesson? So if you combine (laughs) those two, right, then you'll have your SJW safe space. That is an armed, 
homestead uh, where bad people can't get to you. Yeah, I agree. Well, with that said, let me let you go until next Monday. I appreciate your time as usual. Remember that Robert Steinbach's legal professor over at UALR Bowen School of Law, his opinions are his and his alone. And by the way, Bowen School of Law, every time you're on, says that you're on the air talking about free speech here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Great. God bless. All right. Talk to you later, Robert. Good to have you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Time for me to get out of here. I'm heading home. Going to find my place in front of the TV. Time to watch some hog baseball. Go Hogs. Let's knock off Oregon tonight and get that first win. Have a good evening. See you tomorrow at 2. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.